no, I don't believe in kingdoms. I don't believe any any of that. But there's a lot of energy like that that surrounds the creation of Haunted Mansion and people that work at the Haunted Mansion and people that have disposed of their relatives' bodies in the Haunted Mansion. So lots of that and of stories to go around. Welcome to episode 109 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Welcome to the two-year anniversary episode of the Bobcast. That's right. Episode one came out two years ago, June 15th of 2019. Happy birthday to me. Or happy birthday to the Bobcast, I should say. Two years of paranormal and punk rock fun on the Bobcast. So let's do something a little special for this Bobcast birthday. I already said Bobcast like five times. Why don't we, in this episode, revisit the most magical place on Earth and talk about Disneyland a little bit. Yeah, Disneyland. Episode one was all about Disneyland and the then very brand new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge addition to the Disneyland theme park. We're not going to talk about Star Wars or Galaxy's Edge in this one. We're going straight to the best ride at Disneyland, the Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion really is my favorite ride at Disneyland. It has been ever since I was a little kid. The Haunted Mansion, in a lot of ways, was my introduction to the world of spooky, creepy, ghostly things that I love to talk about here on the Bobcast and do episodes all about. This is going back to my roots in more than one way. Did you know I was three years old the first time that I rode the Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World in Florida? Coincidentally... That was also my very first memory. Yes, you might say that the Haunted Mansion attraction has haunted me ever since. Now, <laughs> now, wait a minute. The Haunted Mansion. Hey, Bob, didn't you do an episode all about the Haunted Mansion on October 13th of 2019? Episode 18 of the Bobcast, where you talked about the real ghosts of the Haunted Mansion. And you did kind of an audio walkthrough of the ride and a little bit more. Yes, yeah, I'm glad you're paying attention. I did do that. Well, this very special two-year bob aversary differs from that previous Haunted Mansion episode in a very spooktacular way. We're going to be talking to Jeff Bam or Chef Mayhem from DoomBuggies.com. Jeff is the Haunted Mansion Crypt Keeper. Yes, he is. Jeff is an amazing source for all things Haunted Mansion. He's written a really great book that's titled The Unauthorized History of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion. Jeff is the main force behind DoomBuggies.com, and that's an incredible resource for everything about the Haunted Mansion, and even more. As an example, there's a history of the ride on DoomBuggies.com, a walkthrough of all the various scenes and settings inside of the attraction, and a ton more very interesting and very awesome stuff. If you're into the Haunted Mansion like I am, I will say this at the very beginning. Make sure you check out DoomBuggies.com. D-O-O-M Buggies, B-U-G-G-I-E-S.com. It's incredible. Jeff is also part of and the host of some podcasts. One of those is called Mousestalgia. That kind of covers all things Disneyland, California Adventure, Disney stuff, and lifestyle stuff in general. He's also part of a podcast called The Doom Buggies Spook Show, 
That is all about the Haunted Mansion. And he's got one that's fairly newer. That one's called Storied, and that's also about the Haunted Mansion. And I will put links to those podcasts on this episode's page of the Bobcast website, by the way. Besides a Haunted Mansion angle, Jeff is a very interesting person. I believe from his career, his musical past, and kind of present, Jeff has a lot going on in his life. So let's talk to Jeff about all things Chef Mayhem or Jeff Bam and the Haunted Mansion in this episode. Yes, let's do it. First, you know what the best way for you to say happy birthday to the Bobcast would be? What kind of gift I'd like? Join my Patreon. It's really easy. Just go to patreon.com slash I want to party with Bob and sign up. You get access to streamlined and special Bobcast episodes, plus some new and exciting content I'm working on currently, and I'm very excited about it. Kind of a, a secret, but if you join, I'm going to post a little teaser about what I'm up to sometime the week that this episode comes out, which is June 16th, 2021. So definitely go on that Patreon and see what I'm up to. It's all for a measly dollar a month. That's the lowest tier. That gets you access to all the special Patreon episodes. You can join a higher tier. You get a little bit more. You get free merch if you join the highest tier, which I believe is $10 a month. T-shirts, mugs, stickers, some really great stuff. So please wish the Bobcast a very happy second birthday by signing up for my Patreon today. I would appreciate it. Thank you. Now, all this talking so far has awoken the spirits of my thirst. So why don't we do the... Beer of the Episode. Yes, the beer of the episode for this grim, grinning two-year anniversary is the Deep Fake Double IPA, which materializes at 9% alcohol by volume. Good Lord. I really will need the ghost host to uh, lower that safety bar for me after I have this beer. 9% is very strong. The Deep Fake Double IPA is brewed with Cascade, Centennial, Columbus, Simcoe, and Citra hops. Let's try this beer and get this swinging wake started. It's good. Ooh, yeah. It's strong. You can definitely tell that's a strong beer. Letting the aftertaste kind of catch up to me. Because it does have a little aftertaste. Not bad. Very hoppy, like you would expect from a double IPA. I mean, it's double IPA. It's like twice the hops or something. I don't know the magic of beer making, but it's good. You know what? It's really, really good. Deep fake double IPA. That's what this one is. Well, you can follow this beer home to Plan 9 Ale House by going to 155 East Grand Avenue in downtown Escondido, California. You can also receive some sympathetic vibrations from Plan 9 Ale House by calling 760-489-8817 or visit Plan 9 on the web at plan9alehouse.com. Plan 9 Ale House, beer to the people, and happy haunts as well. Moving on, you are going to hear one song in this episode, and that song is a rendition of the Haunted Mansion theme song, that's going to come up in the very middle of the interview with Jeff. That is a cadaverous cover of Grim Grinning Ghosts, and it is by the band Pulley. It's a great cover of the song, probably my favorite one, and I've been listening to covers of Grim Grinning Ghosts nonstop for the last, like, two weeks. It's a really, really amazing song, probably my favorite cover out of a sea of covers of that song. Well, let's get to it. Here's a few words from this episode's sponsor, 
the amazing sticker junkie. Then on to the interview with Jeff Bam and a hauntingly good time. Please stay tuned. Summer is nearly upon us, and whether you're headed to the beach or headed out on the road for that family vacation, there's no better way to let people know what you're all about than with a custom sticker design from Sticker Junkie. Whether you have a band, a podcast, a blog, a softball team, any type of organization or group, Sticker Junkie can help you let people know all about it with a fabulous custom sticker. Maybe you own a business and would like to let potential customers know about what you do. Sticker Junkie has the solution with high-quality and extremely durable vinyl and gloss laminate custom stickers. Simply go to www.stickerjunkie.com and upload your custom artwork to begin the sticker-making process. Or, let's say you need help designing a logo for your sticker, Sticker Junkie has you covered with the sticker generator feature, which is also at StickerJunkie.com. How convenient. For high-quality vinyl and gloss laminate stickers made right here in the USA and free shipping in the United States on all sticker orders, Sticker Junkie always has your custom sticker needs covered. As an added bonus, when ordering from StickerJunkie.com, use code BOBCAST, that's B-O-B-C-A-S-T, for $10 off of your order, or code BOBCAST10, that's B-O-B-C-A-S-T-10, for 10% off of your order, whichever saves you more money. Go for it, and let Sticker Junkie help you make this the best summer ever. Welcome, Jeff Bam, to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Jeff is the expert on Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion. I'm very excited for the chance to ask Jeff these 999 questions. We don't quite have that many. Well, welcome, Jeff, or should I say, welcome, Chef, uh, Chef Mayhem wow. we have here. So. That's old. That is that is old school. Thank you for having me on your show. This is awesome. I Yeah, old Chef Mayhem, that goes back to 1997, if you can believe it or not. Yeah, no, that's, I always know the Doom Buggies fans because they still call me Chef. <laughs> right, right. That's how I knew you. And that's, I think it was 97 or 98 when I found DoomBuggies.com. And I'll tell you yeah. real quick, the thing that excited me the most about DoomBuggies.com is you had that eight millimeter souvenir film of the ride through of the Haunted Mansion. I thought, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this since I was a little kid on, on Wonderful World at Disney, you know? So. Yeah, that was yep. amazing. Well, I want to ask you a couple questions kind of about your background, excluding the Disney stuff and the Haunted Mansion stuff, because looking at you, you have some pretty interesting things going on. You're a musician is one thing. I am a musician. Um, in fact, you know, when I went to college, my first major was music. And I thought, you know, I was I had already been in a rock band. We had a song on the radio. You know, we thought like all rock bands, we're gonna we're gonna do it, right? You're gonna make so, it sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, started started out in music. I had already been working um, in an art department at a local publication then yeah, out of high school. I just started there because I'd always had a kind of a natural knack for graphic design. But I, I wanted to be a rock star. Right? So yeah, I started with music. Didn't take me long to realize, you know, the music thing, we were gonna make it or break it, not based on college or whatever it was going to be like what we were doing at that moment right and so yeah it was fun it was a fun five or so years i was in this band and we got to play I got that out of my system sort of sort right? of, kinda, sort of. <laughs> you, always, you know as a musician you always want to 
be able to exercise music somehow. But yeah, but I moved moved into, you know, what I finally graduated from college was an art design degree. That's basically what I've done my whole life, uh, graphic design. But yeah, music is also in my DNA. So. You play piano? Was that what you did? Or keyboards or piano in the band back in yeah. the day? Yeah, key, keys um, and piano. Yeah, so uh, anything like that. For, for a minute, I played the bass guitar, but it just wasn't, didn't, wasn't what I wanted to do. Didn't know? really so. mesh that well with it. It wasn't something you really yeah. were that into. What was the name yeah. of your band, if you don't mind my asking? No, no, the recruits. <laughs> I don't know if we're Googleable. We, we were, we were pre-internet, you know, right. <laughs> more or less in the early nineties. So uh, there may have been an internet. I remember we had a website, so I guess we weren't totally pre-internet. But you were kind of right on the cusp, uh, almost in yeah, some ways. Right yeah. there, yeah. right there, yes. Yeah, we were called the recruits, and we played. We played around San Jose. We sometimes we'd open for. I think we opened for the Tubes maybe once. You know, some of those good late '80s, early '90s bands. Yeah, and it was it was a fun time. You know, it was uh, every high schooler you know graduates. Well, at least you know if you have a keyboard or guitar, you know, and you think like I'm going to start a band, a garage band, and then you do it, and you don't know where it's going to take you, right? And sure. we, I, I was right with the the right group of guys. We managed to get a couple development deals, you know, so we had a couple records recorded down in Burbank and nothing ever really came out of it. Right. And that's how it turns out looking back, like that's how 99% of these things go. Like, you, you know, you, you get there, you work for it and some of them work, some of them don't. If you're tenacious and you keep going and you keep pushing and you have the talent, you know, eventually maybe once I left the band, the other three guys kept on going. Right. And they ended up getting a little following in Vegas, but it's still never like, what we wanted never happened. Right? It never so, really blew up into something bigger than up. that. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. We like to think like, well, our, it just wasn't our time. Because I felt like the songwriters, I wasn't one of the songwriters. I was just, you know, the band. But the two songwriters, I felt like they really had good stuff, right? And I still do. And it just wasn't the right time. You know, they were a little bit too pop for new wave. And it was kind of a new wave. Uh, we were kind of grunge. And we weren't grunge. We were pop, right? So it was in sure. that weird, like if Justin Timberlake had been big then, we weren't that but we were pop rock. Right. And so we maybe would have had a better shot during the nineties, the late nineties, not the early nineties. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things like who knows what, where things are going to go, but it was, it was super fun. Like I just, I loved playing in front of people and it was good for me, even for what I do today as a hobby, which is podcasting. And we might talk about that later, but you know, somewhere you need to have that moment where you get up in front of people and you just show people who you are. You know? And, and some people never really get that, moment like and it was important for me to have that moment when i was just out of high school right because i was a shy i still am shy when i started doom buggies i didn't want to meet people like i just wanted to do my website and show people my collection and you know make a library basically a library for haunted mansion information which is basically what it still is today and yeah but you know message groups and message boards and you know things started popping up and disney contacted me and wanted to do things and so it was kind of I was forced into this early social media moment, right? And I, I just was fighting and kicking against that. I had, I finally got a group of people together to kind of run Doom Buggies for me. And that went well for a while, then didn't go well for a while, you know, because then you have all these personalities. And so, yeah, you know, but I needed that moment, right? To get myself out there in front of people in order to really kind of be where I am now. You know, I can talk, I give talks about the Haunted Mansion at conventions and I do this podcast every week. And yeah, everyone, you know, if, if you, you know, if you want to do this kind of thing, you got to find a moment where you realize I can do that. Right. And sure. for me, the rock band was like, I can do that. You know? So yeah, it's a good time. A little kind bit of, of a life. catalyst for leading up to what you, what you ended up doing yeah. in the future. How cool. Now, Absolutely. 
music wise, the other thing you do, you're kind of part of a ministry that goes to prisons and plays music for inmates from time to time. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was a few years ago. I haven't done that in a number of years, but for about, I don't remember how long was that? Whenever, whenever I put that on, I was in the middle of it. So a couple of years. Yeah. Um, group of us from my church would get together and go to the local, let's see, it's not jail. It was a prison, like kind of a, not penitentiary, but it was like a, a short term prison. Right. Ah, and so okay. and it was a little like, that's one of those things that's a little bit, you know, people would serve 10 year sentences there. So there were some long time. There were some people, people there, that were going to be there for a while. Sure. I, I, I mean, I kind of put that the whole um, meaning of it aside like that. I did it because of what I believe the meaning of giving those people hope and, and you know, sure. but putting that aside, like from a selfish point of view, if I can, <laughs> if I can apply a selfish point of view, it was similar to the rock band. Like it was another instance of this is a really not, not really frightening, but in intense situation to sure. be up there. And, you know, some people would wholeheartedly accept this. Some people would wholeheartedly reject us, right. you know, but you would just, be there doing what you do and what you're, what you know, you want to tell these people. And that was, that was a good experience also. It was in the same vein of helping me just learn who I was as a expressive person, like being able to, you know, it, 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 at the end of the line here, now it's a Disney stuff, right? I talk about, I have a podcast. I talk about Disneyland and Disney history and, and I have Doom Buggies podcast. I talk about the Haunted Mansion. So I've kind of relaxed now into my hobbies, right? But you, I just, I really needed those earlier moments of getting in people's attention and saying like, this is who I am. This is what I have to say. And um, it was for me, right? For me. So I knew that this is something that you don't have to be afraid, afraid of. You don't have to be ashamed of. You don't have to be frightened about. Like just saying, speaking who you are to people is important. And yeah. some people never get that moment, right? And so you have it, like you're doing it right now. <laughs> and sure. So, but yeah, but some people, you know, just don't get that chance. And I really wish everyone would at least take the opportunity to try to put themselves out there, right? And see how far you can push yourself and how far you can go and what can you learn about yourself. Right? And I learned a lot about myself and all those, all those experiences. Professionally speaking, you've been working for the same company for almost 35 years, right? At Times Media? Yeah. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. You know, the, these like I look at my two daughters and I think, are you ever going to be able to work somewhere more than five years in a line? I don't know. Like the world is a different place. You know, occupations sure. are different. But yeah, I um, started, I guess, professionally out of, like I said, in high school, I knew I was an artist. Like I was a kid. Everyone would come like, hey, draw me a picture, right? <laughs> All right, I'll draw you a picture. <laughs> and so, you know, and so one of my buddies, his mom worked in an art department laying out ads and stuff. And he said, Hey, you know, they're looking for paste up artists just to come to paste things together. You want to come do that? And I said, yeah, sure. So I started just in a sophomore in high school. I have not worked a Wednesday. Wednesdays are the print days. I have not worked a Wednesday really save maybe my daughter being born in like 30 years. Like, like every, I have had a lot of freedom in these schedules, right? Because um, working, for this kind of job with deadlines, uh, my boss has been really, for this company in particular, has been really nice to say, hey, you know, just so long as you, you know, that deadline is absolute, you know, but, you know, if you need to work more this day and less that day to get there, that's fine. So I have always, up until five or six years ago when I started teaching, which is a very different thing. I'm still working for the Times, but I added part-time teacher to that. And that's a whole different, that's a different world. I'll tell you. But, um, but as far as working for one company for 30 some years, yeah, you know, you become like one of the family, right? So I'm, sure. I'm kind of like, it's a kind of a, is it a, 
how do I explain it? I don't even know how to explain it. They trust me, you know, pretty implicitly. I know what they want to get done. You know, 30 years with a place and you just kind of, everyone speaks the same language without even really needing to express a lot. You know what I mean? So it's a very fortunate, I'm very fortunate in that regard. I, you know, I'm, I don't anticipate it's a, it's a newspaper print company, actually primarily print media. And you've heard, probably heard about newspapers and how they're like, thank you. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's too. And so who knows, you know, and also it's a primarily run by a, a single family. So when they decide we're going to hang this up, they may just decide to close the door. You know, I don't know if they'll keep it going or not. So but that's okay. You know, for like, like you said, 30 some years is, it's been a really good career and I'm, I'm teaching now and who knows, I might, my transition into that more, I, I you know, time? I, I sure know. you have options. Yeah. I mean, it, and you also do a lot of freelance stuff is what I was reading about you too. So yeah, freelance design. I've, I've tried to limit some of that lately just because the Disney stuff is starting to, uh, it's not, I'm not making enough money for any, to do anything but pay its own self, but it's paying its own self, right? Like my podcast and writing a book for doom buggies, it's able to at least cover my, you know, going to Disneyland once in a while. And reporting on this stuff. So, you know, I've had to cut out freelancing because of that mostly, but at least it's, you know, it's a thing that I enjoy doing. And it, I, you know, I've learned a lot from the podcast about how much these little things that we think are silly, like talking about Disneyland, you know, but you know, every, I'll say every once in maybe three or four months, someone will write us like, yeah, I just got diagnosed with cancer, you know, something horrible, but right. you know, I was able to like, you know, lay there in the hospital for months and listen to, you know, binge your podcast that like really gave me strength. And, you know, I, we, I hear this enough times to think there is no thing a person does if it's out there in the world that isn't worth doing for some reason, you know, just for someone, yeah. someone's going to hear that and they're going to value that because of my faith persuasion, you kind of reference that. I believe like if, if one person gets something out of this, it was worth doing. Right. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, kind of where I'm at with the job and working and you know I'm getting up I'm in my 50s right so I'm you know I got I got a couple decades worth to worry about the work working but I'm also starting to look you know into the future and think you know what am I really wanted to do you know what do I want how do I do I want to be a teacher for 20 more years and retire from that do I want to do my own thing maybe you know um, like stop working for people that's from time to time seemed appealing and very frightening all at the same time. But that's very frightening. Yeah, it can be for sure. <laughs> but I but I've thought about it, right? So you know, I'm probably at another one of those kind of junctures, uh, a little bit of a crossroads kind of thing in yeah, some way. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. See, see where things are going. Yeah, overall, I've been blessed. I'm a happy, happy guy. So good. Well, yeah. great. I really want to talk to you about the haunted mansion. Obviously, I think you got my sympathetic vibrations you could say and i'm very happy you materialized on this podcast episode i have to drop those in there i can't not do that okay let's talk about haunted mansion a little bit your love of haunted mansion what i was reading about you goes back quite a ways to 1973 when you would spend time (laughs) copying and tracing drawings from the song and story from the haunted mansion record album vinyl record with that great big book insert of all those incredible drawings and pictures and art. I mean, so that, that was really your intro. Was that your introduction to the haunted mansion in some ways? Yeah, absolutely. So two things happened simultaneously in 1972, 73. So, and I remember the one of them, the haunted mansion thing 
I just know of from evidence. We I have like four record covers from my history as a child. Like I would keep the records because I would trace the pictures and bust the records. And my parents would be like, "This is the last time," but they'd buy me another one. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't know. Like take the record out, stupid. You know, I, I didn't <laughs> right, really, right. Sure, you're a little kid, you know, so why not? Yeah. I mean, so that's that's that. I also, but the thing I distinctly remember, like I can see myself on the waiting for my mom from preschool. So it was probably 1972 because that's when I think this book came out. Hallmark Books put out this book. I think it was called A Night in the Haunted House. It's a pop-up book, like a Hallmark pop-up book. And I I kind of forgot about this until just last week, actually. I was packing my parents' house and um, because my parents were moving to Texas. And and I found this book and suddenly like, boom, I was like, I remember when I asked my mom to buy me this. It was preschool. They must have had a copy in the room, you know, like, and I was enthralled by this haunted house and it turned out these kids were in this haunted house and at the end of the book it turned out it was a kind of like a spook house that the guy was like charging people to go in like a haunted like a haunted mansion of a oh, sort okay, right sure, sure. and i didn't i didn't know about the haunted mansion or anything back then really i had probably been to disneyland a couple times because my parents took me pretty much my whole life but i i don't think i you know they took me in a haunted mansion at that age but i just remember thinking like this haunted house thing is just amazing and i really want so I told my mom, can we please go to Hallmark? It's Hallmark. Like the teacher told me it's Hallmark. Go to Hallmark. <laughs> like I go to the bookstore. <laughs> so it was a Hallmark you know, publication. So sure. um, I, re- I remember that. And I had that book and I looked at it and I thought, wow. So that was one of the things, the Haunted House book. And then I remember, like I said, learning to draw by tracing the pictures in the Haunted Mansion record. My parents um, were leaders of a youth group and they would do a Haunted House every Christmas. Uh, no, I wish that would have been awesome. Every Halloween, <laughs> right? <laughs> every Halloween they do this, this hot house, right? And so I kind of also remember always having that Disneyland chilling, throwing sounds of the haunted house record. Yes, 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 yes. So we also had a bunch, a stack of those because they would put them in record players in different rooms throughout the their haunted house, right? So, oh, okay. So we just had always had lots of copies of that laying around. So, and it's the weirdest thing. Like I'm used to having copies of that, and it's kind of followed me through my life. Like sometimes I'll be going through eBay looking for auto match and stuff and I'll see a copy of Chilling Throne Sounds of Haunted House, which you can't escape. I mean, they printed, it was the first, I think it was the first Disneyland records to go gold. They printed a godzillion of oh, those thousands records. Thousands of right? them. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you, you can't, you'll be able to buy that on eBay for five bucks into eternity. Like yeah. here's, here's a hint. Don't spend $20 on that record. You'll find <laughs> one for $5. No. <laughs> I found but, mine used um, at a, at a local record store for like three bucks. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, you know, just dig absolutely. around and you'll, you'll find it for sure. And to this day, I can't like, I just can't let them not be purchased. So I have a stack of those records. Like, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Probably 14, 15. I think last time I counted, I mean, these days I'm trying to like only get the ones that are still shrink wrapped. You know, I've, they're in good them. shape and everything. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, so so those three things: Chilling Sounds Haunted Mansion, Haunted Mansion Record, of course, and that pop up book. Those that kind of formed my childhood, and and seeing my parents do this haunted house every year, those things kind of weave their way into my kind of my I don't know my my heart or my brain or something, yeah. and, and I have always. And I'm just a monster kid also. I was born in the 60s, right? So I, Famous Monsters Magazine, Fangoria, Starlog, all those magazines in the bookstore. And comic books also were only a quarter. So I could afford to do some of this stuff, you know, with my allowance. I could, you know, buy Famous Monsters Magazine once in a while. And so that whole thing also kind of seeped into who I am. And yeah, I don't know if it's, 
I don't know if it, it's all of that or if I just liked all that stuff because of some other reason that I just love Halloween and haunted houses. But the Haunted Mansion, of course, is like the, the pinnacle haunted attraction. And um, it didn't take long for me to figure out. I guess the fourth or fifth piece of this is that my parents grew up going to Disneyland and they still had friends. We, then they moved to the Bay Area and my dad got a job. They moved to the Bay Area, but they still had friends down in L.A. So once a year, they'd take us all all kids and parents would all go to Disneyland. So of course the Haunted mansion part wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for me being a Disneyland kid. So the monster kid, the Disneyland kid, Halloween and stuff from the early days, it all blended. It all kind of, yeah. Yeah. Into Jeff Bam, basically like that kind of made you who you were in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So is that what led to you? You started doombuggies.com in 97 or 98, right? Was that about the, the time? Yeah, I had just graduated. Well, I graduated from college in about 93, maybe 92, 93. Photoshop, I think, had just come out in maybe 1989, 90, around there, something. So Photoshop, so I did not need to have classes in digital design to get my degree in graphic design. It was all traditional, right? And computers were kind of out there and a thing you could, you could play with. So, but I knew, but you know, once people started having web pages and home pages, and that was a thing, and that was obviously going to become a thing, I thought, you know, I, I really have to add this to my design kind of bag of tricks because at that time I was still working for the newspaper. Who knew I'd be doing it for 30 years? But I kind of thought, like, you know, as a designer, I kind of want to know how to design for all mediums. And so I just kind of wanted to teach myself HTML. Most people have their GeoCities pages with their dog tribute or their kiss tribute or some rock <laughs> right. band or their pet or something. And I had a small but fun collection of haunted mansion memorabilia and you know little printed things and stuff i thought i'm just gonna you know toss this together and put it online and that will be my website tribute thing you know and so i did aol homepage you know i just i I put it up there i think it was members.aol.com slash chef ma'am right that was the first doombuggies.com and it did within i would say within the first few months i bought the domain doombuggies.com and added it to to that website and that was, that was the beginning just a collection of my stuff and people because I was the thing is because I was a designer it looked a little bit more professional than GeoCities like let's upload flashy glitter gifs and stuff right so people gave it one one second more of attention than maybe something else right because sure. I was a designer so that kind of jumped jump-started my website into getting some attention and within a within I guess a two years right because at 1999 Disneyland had its what would that have been the 30th 60th, 30th, 30th anniversary right. yeah. yeah the Haunted Mansion and they they called me and you know my mom's like because I was still staying at home I'm like, when was that yeah I was no was I living in Campbell I'm trying to I would move apartments to home to roommates at home to, like there's a whole time I was trying to figure stuff out I don't remember but I remember my mom giving me the phone and saying oh this is it's Disneyland and I thought like, that's really interesting <laughs> I thought I was gonna be in trouble right I thought right. oh boy someone's calling about this how to imagine thing and now they wanted to like see if they could call and collaborate with the doom buggies website and kind of see if they could drum up some business for their 30th anniversary on a mansion party oh. not that they, I don't I don't really think they needed to drum up business but they did say their ticket sales went way beyond what they expected. I don't know if it's because Doom Buggies. I don't suspect it was. I think it was the zeitgeist at the moment. People were just ready for something cool like that. And but yeah. Doom Buggies, we had a part of it. We we um, promoted it on Doom Buggies, and they let people that bought their tickets through Doom Buggies have a special 
lithograph that they could only get that way. So that was the tie in with the movies. Yeah, and that was the first time I really thought this website, I need to take it seriously because people are looking at it and they're using it. They're appreciating it and they're using it for information, right? So I can't just slapdash put like a bunch of my favorite things here. I, I better curate this a little bit and make sure there's truthful things on it, make sure there's rare things on it, make sure, you know, things that are just value. People's time is valuable. And now I see that people are giving that time to, to me. So I'm going to respect it the best I can. Right. And so that's kind of when that started 1999 with the 30th anniversary of the mansion. The next thing really doom buggies did seem to have opened a lot of doors for you in some ways, especially with Disney. You've, consulted with them for the Haunted Mansion movie with Eddie Murphy. You were on the Disneyland Creative Advisory Council in 2003 for a year. That's You can only do one year on that council, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it did. It did. Uh, Doom Buggies, I was the main beneficiary there, right? So Doom Buggies did open these doors, but I wouldn't say a lot of the stuff I did was too mutual. I'd like to think it was to some degree, but I think mostly at the time Disney was kind of exploring like what is, uh, what are online communities? You know, what is the value of them? What do they bring to us? What can we give to them? What's, where's the push and pull? And I don't know what they ended up thinking about that because social media changed so quickly into these kind of monolithic corporate things. At that time it was everyone for themselves, like make a message board, get a few thousand people, you're a community, right? So we just had a message board, you know, and, um, the, okay, so let me take a step back. So there was com. There's also hauntedmansion.com, which an author, a guy named Corey Doctorow, who's become a best-selling author. At the time, he had written a couple things. He was he was an author. Um, he wasn't the, the Corey Doctorow that he is right now, but he was getting <laughs> sure. there. Like, but he loved the Haunted Mansion, like total Haunted Mansion guy. And he had this domain, hauntedmansion.com. He had bought it. He didn't know what to do with it. He saw Doom Buggies, and he said, like this, this belongs to you, my friend. So, so he gave me the domain hauntedmansion.com. So wow. then a couple, that was just a couple of years before, yeah, it's a three or four years, pretty close to when Doom Buggy started. So, um, but then, you know, when the Haunted Mansion movie went into project production, I think it was in 2000, late 2002, you know, we were wondering what's going to happen. Are they going to, it's hauntedmansion.com. Are they going to try to, you know, make a move for it? But, but Disney, they did not, you know, Disney has never to my that I can remember Doom Monkeys has really never fallen into their bad graces uh, that I can remember, or at least they haven't made a gesture to me about that. Right. I think it's been all, it's just ridden the wave of early internet. Like, what do we do about this? Like some, some companies like Warner brothers cracked down or paramount, especially on star Trek fans. Like they were early days, like just cracking down on, you cannot use our trademarks for anything. Disney took the opposite track and they never, that I can recall cracked down on anyone for using Disney stuff online. They might, if you were trying to sell stuff or represent yourself as a Disney thing, but for obvious Disney fan things, I don't remember them ever coming and saying like, you know, anything about us using their republishing things that were, you know, I mean, I tried to be somewhat careful about, well, using historical things, nothing that's currently, you know, being sold or marketed or anything like right. that. But, just, but just, yeah, but Disney never caused a problem for Doom Buggy. So Haunted Mansion movie came around, right? You're talking about the Haunted Mansion movie. And, you know, we thought, are they going to want the name Haunted Mansion? They didn't. They, they left Disney.com slash Haunted Mansion as their website. But they did definitely want our community, right? Because there were a sure. few thousand people at movies. And they thought this could be a good grassroots push for this movie. So, yeah, for about 
I don't know, a whole season, probably three or four months. We were, they first took us down there to walk the sets. We met Don Hahn and Rob Minkoff and Mona May, who designed the costumes. I met John Meyer, who was just won an Academy Award for Chicago, and he was the production designer for Haunted Mansion. And he kind of was telling me how, yeah, we use your, we turn your website on just for the sound so we can listen to like all these sounds in the room wow. while we're designing. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was really a cool the moment right and i you know i don't i think they just wanted to cement their place in our heart you know at the for that visit sure but it's pretty cool um yeah so we spent a two or three months uh just kind of promoting it on the website we put some things specific for the movie that you could only find on doom buggies they gave us i don't know like a thousand movie tickets to give away tons of for all their screenings wow yeah they gave us also, I don't know, a couple hundred. I still have like a hundred one sheets on a mansion. I just couldn't give them away fast enough. They gave us, you know, bought twos of these movie one sheets for the for the movie. So wow. they really put a lot of eggs in our basket, right? And you know, who, these kind of things. I don't know how they measure success. Like I have no idea. The Haunted Mansion movie was a moderate success. It wasn't like a smash hit, but I think, um, but it made you know. I don't know, more 125, I don't remember, but it was, it was enough to be a moderate success. The thing is nowadays the kids, so that, so it has turned out. So all of the, the internet haunted mansion fans at the moment, like myself, all in our thirties and forties for a little bit, you know, we're kind of not sure what we thought about an Eddie Murphy comic comic, but we held our, you know, we held, withheld our judgment until we thought, and everyone hated it, hated it. I mean, for the most part, people would begrudgingly say, well, it kind of looks pretty good, but no one wanted it to be a comedy. No one wanted, you know, we wanted Tim Burton to come in and do something crazy and weird. Right, right. right. The thing is, okay, good for us. Good for the internet automatic community. But meanwhile, all the kids that saw that movie when they were five or six are now in their 20s and they, they really pretty unanimously love that movie. Like they can remember, like that was my scary movie when I was a kid because it did have some poltergeist-ish things. Cause I remember oh, yeah. in junior high poltergeist and the guys and his great, was it Craig T. Nelson's face melting off? I remember like just thinking, or him ripping it apart in the mirror. That freaked me out. Right. That was one of the shock scenes. Well, there's a very similar scene of Betty Murphy and on a mansion. It's kind of like those kids, that movie, like it's safe enough that their parents let them see it, but it's got some scary stuff. And they just remember that movie fondly. So right now the haunted mansion kind of has this weird fan base of, millennials that just yeah. kind of grew up loved on love that movie so you know i don't know what goes around comes around it was a fun time to have doom buggies and have that minute where it was the end the very end of when a website community could get tagged now maybe a blog can get hit that way or something but for the most part you know communities like this are born and bred on facebook or you know that kind right. of instagram yeah. you know, yeah. and you can't really get that corporate handholding like we did so but we did have that minute and it was just a ton of fun and yeah i mean i don't regret anything about that it was super cool and yeah and like you said so what you initially said like i've been able to springboard off of things from doom movie so yeah so to this day i can i think don Hahn knows who i am <laughs> you know i mean <laughs> I'm, i've talked to him many many times since then mostly for my other podcast nostalgia maybe we'll talk about that later but so yeah you know things lead to things and the, and the Haunted Mansion has done that. You know, I, I, like I said earlier, I was not wanting to deal with people when I did the Haunted Mansion. I was still super introverted and that's not the point of this. It's a library. It's not a, it's not a like, let's go meet people. Sure. And I kind of, I kind of wish I wasn't so introverted at that time because 
you know, I had lots of opportunities to meet Imagineers. I could have talked to some people who have passed away now about working with Walt Disney. I did get a minute for our, so Zimbabwe's 10th anniversary, we had Harriet Burns and Blaine Gibson come speak at our event. And they both have passed away since then. But at least there was that minute where, you know, some of the people that worked with Walt Disney and worked on the Haunted Mansion could come and like talk about who's Walt Disney and what does this mean? So sure. I kind of wish I had pushed a little further into that opportunity that I probably could have, you know, taken advantage of, but I didn't. And that's okay. You know, Dumagis was, I was where I needed to be. You know, I was still kind of learning what I wanted to do and who I was and, you know, getting my career going with, as a designer. So, so, but yes, it definitely has led to where I am today, you know, in, in the, I guess you could call it the Disney fan community to some degree. And I'm happy. Yeah. Really happy about that. Well, great. That's kind of all you can really ask in some ways. You know, yep. if you're happy with where you are, then you're doing what you should be doing in some ways, I, I believe for sure.
the unauthorized story of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion, okay? It covers a lot. The history of the creation of the Haunted Mansion, kind of the experience of the ride itself, some more technical aspects of that as well. The book is split into two sections. The first is part one, the history. The second is part two, the experience. And I don't want to talk about the book too much other than to tell people, if you have interest in the Haunted Mansion and you're a fan of it, you should buy Jeff's book. That's what I want to say about that. So, because <laughs> I'm enjoying it a great deal. I love it. I think it's a great book. I do have kind of a couple questions related to the history of the mansion. And this is something we kind of talked about via email before this interview, the real haunted houses that inspired or might have inspired Walt Disney, which you definitely allude to in the book. Uh, what do you have to say about the theory yeah. of some of the things that Walt Disney might've been inspired by with the haunted mansion? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, yeah. Let me tell you about that because that's when probably the part of this has fascinated me the most. I never really gave that much thought because we don't know. And let me first preface this with, this is conjecture on conjecture. Like we don't know any of this. Walt Disney didn't leave as far, at least yet any discoverable information about his, anything that would have led him to think we need a haunted house other than just carnivals and, and fairs have haunted houses. So we're going to have one and, but do it better. Like that was kind of behind a lot of Disneyland. So you can leave it at that if you want. Like that's a perfectly rational explanation for sure. why there's a haunted house in Disneyland. But I had a relationship with a guy that knew Herb Ryman really well. I mean, not a relationship, but he was an author and we had been talking with each other about things. And he told me, you know, John Donaldson's his name, by the way. And he, he wrote a book called Warp and Weft, the story of Herb Ryman. Mm. And he told me, you know, Herb told me once that he was talking to Walt and Walt remembered a haunted house from his childhood. And I said, tell me more. <laughs> and he, he said, well, so Walt Disney, when he was in, uh, he was born in Chicago, right? Then famously, uh, I, they moved to Kansas City, his family briefly, then to Marceline. And that's yeah. what everyone hears about his childhood in Marceline and the train station, train depot. They moved back to Kansas City. Walt kind of ended up starting his career in Kansas City, doing film ads and stuff. So early in his career, when I think it was 19 or, you know, young, young guy, but starting to kind of get into the world of media, he knew a theater guy named Eitzel. I forget his first name, but. And, and his grandmother was a sour, uh, sour, the name sour. And there was a kind of a family in Kansas city that had this kind of a, they call it the sour castle. It's more like a, an old mansion. That's kind of an elevated area. It just, it was rumored to be a, a haunted house. And huh. there's a few, few reasons. I mean, there's people that said someone died in there and you know, all the things you hear about, but the thing that captured my attention is, well, but Walt Disney remembered it at least enough, according to, this author at least enough to have talked to Herb Ryman about this. And that could have been in conjunction with some of the things Herb Ryman was designing for Walt Disney. Like Herb Ryman did that first initial, like let's overnight make this big giant or over a, a weekend or whatever. They call it the lost weekend when he and Walt Disney locked themselves mythically locked themselves in this room and came up with this giant map of Disneyland that Roy Disney could take to investors. Right. And so there's a little haunted house in there. <laughs> like there's a little haunted house on main street in there. You know, you figure like, what? why would Walt have talked about this place to Herb Ryman? If, you know, so that's just, an for Haunted Mansion nerds, like maybe that's an interesting moment. Now there's nothing to back that up other than this guy's comment to me that he, you know, I, I personally, you know, believe this guy heard this from Herb Ryman because I believe his relationship and the way he talked to me, but no one knows, you know, so I put that story out there as like an, an anecdote, right? 
there's another thing that happened crazy. Also deals with Kansas City. I was just doing research. I don't even remember. I, yeah, I do remember what it was. So Walt Disney is, is famous for the, there's a story where he went on the BBC and he did an interview and he said, yeah, we're building this haunted mansion. I think this was in the late fifties. And he said, it's going to be a retirement home for all the ghosts that were displaced during world war two, because all the, all the buildings were destroyed and damaged over there in Europe. And so we're just going to open this kind of place where they can all come and hang out in Disneyland. And he did this interview. I haven't been able to find a, you know, transcript of the interview or anything, but everyone knows about the BBC interview, right? So I was just researching that. And what I ended up finding was an article from the Kansas city times. I don't remember now. It's on Zoom, I guess from 19 sometime when Walt Disney was in Kansas city, starting his career right here, right around those 19, 1919, 1922. I don't know, somewhere in there. And it was about England's haunted castles and houses that were being destroyed. And, in in this in the sense of this article, it was more about just the uh, because of progress, like they were being destroyed to make room for like high rises apartments. and things like that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and where were these ghosts all going to go? And in the article says, like, well, they they should come to America, right? So, you know, this is probably the furthest conjecture I could ever have. But Walt Disney was aware of the Kansas City Times. He worked briefly as a kid delivering the times he was working in media, he was working in ads. He would have obviously been keeping track of the newspaper, the local newspaper. And he was around and here's a story that has these crazy echoes of what he told the BBC, like, I don't know, 20 years later right. or 30, 30 years later about why he was going to build a haunted house in Disneyland. So, you know, that's as far as it's going to go in terms of proof, unless any, you know, of, something of pops up but at some point. Sure. It's, right. <laughs> it's not proof of anything other than it's an amazing his, rhyme through history, right? Through the fabric of history it, at the least. I've told a couple of Imagineers and one of them is like convinced without a doubt that Walt Disney must've seen that because of the way the newspaper article was written. And the others are like, yeah, great story. Right. So, so sure. who knows? But yeah, so there's the two, these two, instances of that could have been from Walt Disney's past that could have in, you know, encouraged or influenced how he thought about this haunted attraction that he wanted to build in Disneyland. I still think the overriding factor there was like, well, people want a haunted house in their carnival. We're making this ultra carnival that's safe and clean and beautiful and it's not seedy or dangerous. So of course it's going to have a haunted house, but it's going to be the best haunted house that you've ever seen anywhere. Um, That's probably by and far, the reason the haunted mansion exists out of Walt Disney's mind. But those other two things are kind of interesting for mansion nerds to kind of consider. It is absolutely because it does make you think like he's been thinking about this for a long time in some ways. Right. It's really, no matter what, you know, I definitely am siding with you in the sense that it's, that's a logical uh, chain of events in a lot of ways. You know, he probably would have seen it. But it's a, it is a really cool story, too, at the same time. So one question, and this might be a little bit weird. Would you change anything about the Haunted Mansion if you could go back in time? This is a very rhetorical question. Would you, if you could be an Imagineer in one of that, you know, as I think you've put it yourself, too many cooks in the kitchen phase of the, the designing and building and actual a construction of the haunted mansion, would there be anything you would change? Would you make it like a linear storyline? Like maybe Ken Anderson was talking about where you have, uh, what was it, captain blood or, or captain Gore? Was that one of his, his thoughts? Would you change anything well, about it? If you had the opportunity to do that? 
Wow. That's a great question. No one's ever asked me anything like that. I, I like to think no, because I love the way the Hunter Mansion has these something for everyone, right? There's something right. for so many different fandoms and types of people having said that. So that's mostly Mark Davis is the main guy who goes around saying like, ah, too many, too many people of director titles involved with this attraction. We should have just like done it. Done it. But, um, but I, I kind of feel like I probably back at the time would have like aimed for getting consistency to New Orleans square. So in the very first iterations of the haunted mansion, it was all going to be pirates. Like there's pirates of the Caribbean, right. which was kind of un- under New Orleans square. So you'd go to New Orleans square and it would be this beautiful place like parasols and elegant dining and pirates would be kind of this, you'd go through the store and under into the tunnels underneath New Orleans square and into the kind of sewers and dungeons. And you'd, see all these pirate displays right and then if you kind of came out and went around the corner there's going to be kind of where the swiss family tree or the tarzan street is there's going to be a, this old house which would be a pirate a, a pirate's home that was long since deserted and you find out the story that it was haunted and he had killed his bride and that's where some of those early pirate haunted mansion right. stories come from so i think i would have pushed towards the whole like let's keep this all pirates like the ghost pirates and then the real pirates and then but the veneer of everything's respectable it kind of makes a great story right i kind of like the real real new orleans you know it's lots of ghost stories but we try to keep everything proper and, and i think walt disney really that appealed to him the whole idea of something that's prim and proper and beautiful but we're going to put this kind of the cool backstory underneath literally underneath it. literally right? underground so, it right yeah. yes and pirates is that way pirates I mean, they built this big facade when it became a bigger attraction, but it still is mostly underneath New Orleans Square. Just a side note. I I think I might have leaned that early direction, right? Even though I do, hindsight, of course, think like this is the ultimate idea that there's no, it's just a haunted house with a bunch of ghosts, lots of scenes. Not a kind of a, you can follow a narrative through it. It's not really a story based on any specific thing in Disneyland it's just the haunted right. house it really is what Walt said like we're just gonna have a bunch of ghosts come live here and this is their story right, so great and yeah and it's it is kind of like uh ghosts from all over the world you know you have great Caesar's ghost right or however you want to say that yeah. the mummy you know the executioner with the axe and the graveyard scene at yeah. the end it is and it doesn't yeah. really you know also a side note for me is the kind of the beauty of it sometimes it's there is no linear story that it's kind of this mixing pot of ideas and concepts that all came together so well that it doesn't need a story in some ways, you know, it's just so cool on its own in some ways. What is your personal favorite part of the haunted mansion? Your favorite, you know, say scene or part of that experience. Wow. That's a good question. And it does change. So I don't know that I've ever really had that. Although I, I, for whatever reason is, from, from the visuals and the iconography and everything, I just love the, the memorial or the column, brick column, where a guy is like bricking himself in. Part of it is like it was part of the record album, right? But part of it is also, I just, it's this cool, eerie scene. Some kind of, it feels like maybe there's some literature that could lead you to this, this visual, you know, maybe an Edgar Allan Poe type thing. Like it just feels really eerie like what 
what's the story? I want to know that, that guy in that column, like what's his story? So that has always through the, all the iterations of Haunted Mansion been a thing that I kind of at the end will say like, there's a column, right? But as far as other things go, you know, like most kids, I would ignore most like, talk along with the haunted ghost host just to prove to everyone like I've been on this a million times and but kind of <laughs> ignore it all the way through, even though they're really setting a stage there, you know, and as an, as a, as a haunted mansion kind of fan as throughout my life, I kind of started to pay a little bit more respect to Existencio trying to start a story there. Try to set up like a narrative about why, why are we even here and what's going on? And well, you know, I'm, I'm trapped here. You're trapped here with me until I show you how to get out of here. Right. And so it's yeah. kind of a, it's not really a story, but they're setting a definite mood. So I really admire that, especially, so I'll talk about Walt Disney World for a minute. When they redid their stretching gallery, I don't know, was it five, ten, five, ten years ago, maybe, they put in speakers in an array that circled the whole thing. So instead of corners like Disneyland, their ghost host flies all through the room while he's talking to you. And uh, they also added a new soundtrack where you can hear the gargoyles up there chittering away a little bit the thunder's different. Like they changed the sound effects and the, but they left the narration the same, but it's a much more ominous, heavy, realistic, powerful moment. And I kind of wish they would bring that to Disneyland. That would be my centerpiece. Like that stretching gallery where you walk in there and you hear the ghost host telling you, you know, no windows and no doors, but he's like flitting around the room and over your head. And, you know, so I like that for how it was, written and designed by Existencio and Mark Davis working on the stretching portraits and even Rolly Crump worked on some stretching portraits. So I just, I think that's a great moment to set you on your mood. Now, most people ignore it all and talk and scream and, you know, which is fine. It's a theme park. Enjoy yourself. However that goes. But there's some, that room is specifically, if you have a chance to go on the haunted mansion alone, which sometimes you can do right before it closes or special events. Like I've been to a number of things where, a couple of people at a time go through the haunted mansion. Like that is it's legitimately scary to kind of be in there and hear him talking about his, is it his descent into madness that he ended up taking his own life? Like what is, he doesn't really go into detail and he's sardonic and a little bit gleeful, but he wants you to know, but you know, I just, I ended up hanging myself here because I didn't know what else to do. And so the, the whole thing is, it's really heavy when there's not a bunch of people around you all much heavier much much heavier much more grim right you get them definitely a a feelings like they say a feeling of foreboding right it definitely feels very much heavier when no one's around yeah absolutely well cool now there are supposedly real ghosts okay you know real quote unquote Uh, paranormal subjects is something that i definitely talk about a lot on this podcast and i am you know i'm a very skeptical person in that regard what do you think about supposedly the haunted mansion being actually haunted in a couple spots and, or, you know, the other thing is do, how do you feel? Do you actually, you know, believe in ghosts? I should say that there could be something out there like ghosts possibly in, especially in relation to the haunted mansion too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a lot of things to say. Um, Let me see (laughs) if I can sort through them all. Uh, I mean, to, to cut to the chase first, I don't personally believe in ghosts of that type, like haunting homes or poltergeist type ghosts or attaching themselves to physical places. Um, I'm a religious person, so I believe in spirit, the spirit world for sure. sure but okay. but not not the way traditionally people talk about like hauntings or ghosts. However, having said that, I know a lot of stories about the haunted mansion. You know, there's there's people who have had repeating stories, like there are stories that have come up repetitively from people that claim they have 
seen a little boy, a man right. with a cane. Usually it involves loading zone areas and people that were there and suddenly vanished, that type of thing. You know, the Haunted Mansion has, I mean, I don't know how well you can guarantee you've cleaned up ashes, but ashes have been dumped in there a number of times, yes. regardless of what regardless of what Disney says. Like there have been a number of bodies disposed of in the Haunted Mansion. Right. So, so I mean that happened and it's there. Side note, don't do that. If you are in Haunted Mansion, you want to dump your dearly departed there. Do not do it because they will call the police on you if they catch you and they will catch you too. So yeah, it's it's, it's big trouble. And, and, and they do, they are more able to see what's going on in there than there was a time um, up until fairly recently where it was just pressure that they would know if you were out of your car, it wasn't cameras. There were a few cameras, but there were lots of blank spaces where they would just know because of, Matt, you know, whether or not people had lost. Yeah. That's not that way anymore, but it was for quite a while, actually. So, you know, one interesting thing, Yale Gracie is one of the, one of the Imagineers that worked on our dimension and he, um, kind of a, kind of a straightforward guy. I mean, he, he was known as the illusioner. Well, we'll call him his illusioner because he did a lot of like the fire effects in the Pirates of the Caribbean and things, things of that nature and all kinds of things for Haunted Mansion lightings and different ways to create, you know, lightning and ghosts that would fade in and out of view and things that, that was Yale Gracie. And so, and Rolly Crump worked closely with Yale Gracie. Rolly was mostly Yale's assistant because Rolly Crump was a young guy. When he worked on Haunted Mansion, he was a young guy. Yale Gracie was a more of a peer, Walt Disney's peer, um, along with Mark Davis and some Ken Anderson. So, Rolly and Yale would work on these special effects and things. And Rolly told me this story. He told me this looking straight into my eyes. He said, Yale Gracie believed in ghosts. He said he, he told him the story about when he was a kid and you know, he was at his, one of his relatives homes and the little lady in the closet would come out and read them. I think read them story or something, read them stories or something and then disappear. And once, and the kids knew this, and Yale knew it, but no one of the, none of the adults knew it. And then once, you know, some of the, one of the parents was talking and Yale was like, yeah, well, the lady just, just love or something, you know, somehow he gave away and all the kids were like, don't, don't talk about the lady. So somehow he believed and, and Yale, I mean, really just telling trying to tell me like, Yale was never a guy that would tell like spooky stories or ghostly weird things, but he just remembered this as a child. Like it was, Actual, there was a ghost, a woman ghost who would come out, and, and I think she read story. I can't remember exactly. It's on Doom Buggies or in the book if you wanted to hear the story, and you could probably Google it. He's told it for a few other places, but it's just like he really believes in ghosts, and he was trying to make these, you know, supernatural looking things happen inside the haunted mansion. So you know, there's like I said at the beginning, no, I don't believe in, in ghosts. So I don't believe any any of that. But there's a lot of energy like that that surrounds the creation of haunted mansion and people that work at the haunted mansion and people that have disposed of their relatives bodies in the haunted mansion so lots of that kind of stories to go around wow that's awesome okay well this is really my last question what's in the future for you jeff bam doom buggies any kind of haunted mansion related stuff that's coming up for you soon you know you got your podcast let's definitely mention that yeah. you got nostalgia mouse nostalgia uh, the doom buggy spook show and is there another podcast that you do as well on a regular basis 
Well, okay. So <laughs> I'm like you mentioned earlier, I sometimes overcommit myself to getting busy and I'm trying to even that out a little bit. So there is the podcast called Story. I've done two chapters. I'm trying to do an in-depth, intense dis- discussion about the history of the Hyde Mansion. So that exists oh. if you're interested. There are two episodes. It's called Storied. You can find it out there. Storied, you okay. Story. Yeah. Whether or not, when I get to finishing that that podcast or that range of stories, I don't know, but that, that exists. Uh, the Doom Buggies podcast, we renamed it rebranded a little bit. The Doom Buggies podcast, I, I added a co-host because again, overcommitted myself a little bit, but now we are pretty on track for um, doing an episode every month, once a month. So talking about all the news of Haunted Mansion, like merchandise and whatever is going on in the world of Haunted Mansion. It's somehow there's always something to talk about. So <laughs> if is. you listen yeah. back, back to a year, like somehow we've always come, you know, sometimes I feel like, is there going to be anything to talk about this, this month? Turns out Disney released three new things or Pop Vinyl came out with something or something's happening, right? So yeah. as far as how I mentioned things in the future, I don't know, COVID, I used to give, you know, personal talks about the Haunted Mansion at least a couple times a year because COVID ended that for a good year and a half. And right. I don't know, you know, conventions are starting to come back. Who knows, you know, if I'll kind of get back into that, throw my hat back into that ring. I'm not really sure, maybe, but there's nothing scheduled now. Um, the other thing I do every week without fail is the mouse Dodger podcast like yeah. you noticed and that's Disneyland and Disney history so we talk a lot this is going to shock everyone about the Haunted Mansion on that <laughs> podcast so not every not every week but we do uh, it does some, somehow keep its way in a conversation first first we try to talk about Disneyland and what it's West, it's a West Coast Disney lifestyle podcast so Disneyland I live up in the Bay Area so the Walt Disney Family Museum is nearby so right and Presidio Park open, for you it's that's yeah. a lot closer than Disneyland for sure so yeah. oh absolutely and so uh, whenever they have special events there we'll cover that on nostalgia interviews you know movie reviews just pretty much anything related to Disneyland and studio so every week that happens without fail but those are my current kind of projects very nice anything new coming up with doom buggies or anything you'd care to mention well not at the moment i did relaunch i redesigned it for 2020 so it's been a year now or almost of a year and it's still it's still in a very beta version so it's not i kind of hidden it from google you'll notice if you try to google doom buggies that won't really give you much information anymore so i'm trying to really turn it into a, a more really the the everything haunted mansion resource library i want it to be what it originally was supposed to be because people don't use websites anymore like people just don't right it's no, kind of my no. own it's, it's, yeah it's just my own kind of vanity project now but i just want to end up having this one website that everything you would ever want to know about the haunted mansion is there i continually add to it as i learn you know any new magazine articles or you know images or things i keep just adding and growing and growing it and that's kind of what it is now I mean, anyone can go there and check it out. It's not private. It's just, I just kind of hit it from search results for a while a lot and trying to kind of get things organized. So just a year ago is when I really launched the newest version and put a lot of new content in there. So you know, anyone interested in hearing some of the, everything I talked about tonight, a lot of that stuff is in, in the new website to some degree or another. So you can learn more about all that stuff. I think there's even a recording of Rolly Crump telling that ghost, that story about Yale, the ghost story. I think I have, I think I recorded him saying that so, wow that's great that that's great i'm gonna have yeah. to check that out yeah i'll definitely have to yeah. check that out so well yeah. cool well jeff thank you so much for coming on and talking to me i really really appreciate it it was great having you on the bobcast for sure 
Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Well, there you have it, folks. And now a carriage approaches to carry you home here at the Haunted Bobcast. Yes, the Bobcast. Episode 109 and the two-year birthday celebration for the Bobcast is now complete. How about Jeff Bam? It was great talking to him. He is a fountain of knowledge. I've been going to doombuggies.com since around 1998 or so. It's an incredible website, and it's an amazing resource for anybody that loves the Haunted Mansion the way I do. If you have any interest in the Haunted Mansion at all, doombuggies.com is your place, so go check it out. Also, please make sure you check out the Nostalgia podcast, the Doom Buggies podcast, and the Storied podcast as well. Jeff has quite a way with words, so those podcasts are absolutely amazing. They are available wherever you listen to podcasts. Jeff's book, The Unauthorized History of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion, absolutely incredible. Definitely worth a read, even if you're not that big of a Haunted Mansion fan. It's very interesting. I mean, it's got the history, everything about the attraction in it, kind of how things work. There's some technical details in there. Truly a great book for anybody, I think. So check it out. It's on Amazon, and I will say, too, it is available at DoomBuggies.com. Kill two birds with one stone. In fact, kill three birds with one stone. Go on DoomBuggies.com, buy a copy of Jeff's book, and then listen to one of its podcasts while you're doing all this. Great. Yeah, I am really good at solving problems. Thank you. That's why I've been here for two years. Of course, I do have to say thank you, Jeff Bam, for taking the time to talk to me, taking the time out of your very busy schedule to speak to me for this episode of the Bobcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks to Plan 9 Alehouse for this wonderful beer, and thanks to Sticker Junkie for being the sponsor of this episode. Go to Plan 9, grab some beer and food, order some stickers from Sticker Junkie. They both are the best at what they do. That is the official Bobcast position as well on food, beer, and stickers. So there you go. Thanks so much to Pulley for letting me use their really rad cover of Grim Grinning Ghosts. There will be links to Pulley and their music on this episode's page at IWantAPartyWithBob.com. Lastly, as always, thank you for listening. Please remember, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please consider joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash I want to party with Bob. Thank you so much for listening to the I want to party with Bob Bobcast. <laughs>